Welcome to Teed Up with Coach G. This is uh, episode number four. We're going to be shifting gears today and talk baseball. We're kind of in the middle of the offseason. Over the last few days, the Padres have gone berserk in the trade market. So we're going to bring on my buddy Joe, who's the biggest Padre fan I know, as well as the biggest baseball guy I know. So we'll talk a little Padres. We'll talk a little MLB offseason. We'll talk a little. He's also a big Packers fan. So as football season's winding down, we will also talk a little maybe Aaron Rodgers MVP campaign. We'll see. So without further ado, here's Joe, and let's talk some baseball. All right, welcome. Uh, we're joined by first-time guest, uh, Joe. What up, Joe? What's going on, man? It's an honor to be here amongst the uh, tens of listeners. Yeah, I know. We're, we're, we're building our brand slowly. We had a rebranding, re-imaging, which I think is going well. But this is our first time, Joe, not talking basketball. So some of our listeners might be taken for a loop. What do you... What what is your take on the baseball basketball thing? I know you're not a big basketball guy. What is my take on the baseball? Well, I'm basketball saying like what you hate you hate ba- you hate basketball, correct? Or no? No. <laughs> all right. This is off, this is off to a glowing start. No, I don't hate basketball. I just don't. I wouldn't classify myself as a as a guru the way I do with baseball and football. Well, and to your credit, Joe, the reason I have you here is you are the biggest baseball fan I know, and the biggest Padre fan, which is the main reason I'm bringing you on. Um, because I, you're the only person I know that watches literally every single baseball game. Where, like, I try to watch every Knicks game, but the idea of watching every Yankee or Padre game in, like, the middle of the season is like watching paint dry to me. So, props to you for your commitment to the Padres. I appreciate it. It wasn't always that way. I actually, I, I think in the last, like, five years, I started to pivot where I became more of a, a diehard. I lost, I lost the love for it for a while, but I think about... Five years ago, all of a sudden, I, was, I don't know. I think I got really deep into fantasy baseball again, and I started going down the wormhole of like following every prospect. And then San Diego being, you know, kind of lonesome in, in the sports world, only having one team to really cling to, it became just kind of an organic, uh, you know, love for me. So here we are. Well, and, and ni- I'd say 90% of my questions to you today about baseball is going to be fantasy baseball focused because that's really all I'm driving at is how is this going to impact my fantasy team? <laughs> So we'll talk, we're going to talk Padres, we're going to talk offseason is off to a slow start as it has for the last few years, I'm kind of, we'll talk about that too, but let's jump right in with the Padres, Joe, which are in the last two days have rocked the baseball world, I think that's fair to say. I mean, they are dominating the offseason now, back-to-back blockbuster trades, you Darvish, Blake Snell. Just real quick, Joe, what is the pulse of Padre Nation right now? Like, how, like they are literally the starlet of baseball right now. It's total euphoria. I mean, there's there's no, there's never been more of a reason to be excited to be a Padres fan than right now, literally today. Like, there's never been more optimism. I thought last season was amazing. Then we got the blow with the Clevenger injury, finding out he wouldn't be back to 2022. And then all of a sudden, AJ comes through and brings us two more arms that immediately make us World Series contenders. Well, and especially... Preller has just been like, I mean, I feel like they're going to give him the key of the city. Like, this guy, I've been kind of blown away. I've lived in San Diego for 11 years now. And they've had some flash in the pans, like the Andrea Gonzalez here. But, you know, A.J. Preller's getting all the credit, and he should. But I feel like ownership, too, is like really opening their pocketbooks, which is, 
which to me has been a revelation because they've always been such a small market team, but they're bringing in big price guys and they're they're going for it, which takes ownership being on board. So I'm I'm kind of in this zone where I'm like, is this is this here to last or is this is this a you know a short term thing? They did this what five years ago with. When they brought in Upton and they brought in a few guys, like we're going for it, and then it fell on their face and they sold off everyone. Do you think this is here to last for like a four to five year window, or do you think this is the the new Padres? They're going to be spenders and they're going to be buyers. So I, I thought about this. I, I think that my my biggest fear, my biggest nightmare, and this is kind of a gift and a curse, one that I'm willing to to go through. But my biggest fear is that we're the new version of the Marlins. And we get a championship, and the second that happens, he just dissolves the entire team, um, and they just liquidate everything, and then we rebuild for six years, and then maybe get another chance at the playoffs. Uh, I hope that we're in the midst of a dynasty potentially, and they have all young pieces, and they've done a tremendous job of building the farm for so long, which has honestly been the reason why we've been able to go after all these guys in. in uh, trades and, and quite frankly look appealing to other players that want to come here aside from you know I've always said like who the hell wouldn't want to play in San Diego for the weather and all the other reasons but in terms of actually coming here to play for the Padres that was not appealing um, but yeah I mean they're built for the long haul they're, they're built for the next four or five years uh, if you look at the contracts of the guys that we locked in we got most of our studs for 22, 23, uh, some even all the way up to 2024. I think my one biggest concern is with all of the spending, are they going to go and pay Tatis the $400 million or whatever the hell contract that he's going to need um, to secure him over the next 10 years? That is the one thing that I'm very, very concerned about with all the money that they're shelling out. You would think... And a lot of these contracts that will come off the books by the time they have them, what, through 2025 or something like yeah. that? So they have like yeah. a four to five year window with Tatis right now before they have to like agree to some insane extension. I think what they're doing is amazing because they're paying a lot of guys right now. Only a few of these contracts though, are going to really bleed in beyond the 2025 window. And it kind of gives them this option to go for it now and then determine it's like, all right, did we get a World Series? Did we not? Are we going to pay... Tatis four hundred million, which I hope to God they do. Um, it, it will be interesting to see, but I, I love the moves they made. Let's talk about those for a second. So two days ago, they did the Blake Snell trade, which I love. Uh, I know you love Patino, Luis Patino, who I had a cup of coffee with on my fantasy team this year, who didn't blow me away. <laughs> How did you just, you know, Patino, I don't, I'm not going to pretend to know who Cox or Will, uh, or who Hunt is, Wilcox and Hunt, but, and, and I don't, how do I pronounce this guy's name? Mejia, the catcher who, Mejia, 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 who oh, I was yeah. super excited about when they got two years ago. I'm like, oh dude, this guy's like a top 10 prospect. This guy rakes. And then seemingly has sucked besides like a one month window at the end of like two seasons ago. What is, I mean, I feel like this was a steal. Do you have any regrets about this trade at all? I would stop short of saying it's a steal. Um, am I excited about it? Yes. Do I love that we're putting a veteran right into place to take over for Clevenger's absence? Yes. 
Uh, we've discussed this. I am a little skittish about Snell, um, just in the sense that he had 2018, a phenomenal Cy Young, you know, year. Um, his lowest ERA was practically half of what's been any other year. I think he's definitely going to be a strong fill. Do I think that he is a true to core ace? No, I don't. Um, I think he's very good. I think he's a strong number two on a team, but I don't think that he's necessarily the ace that brings you a championship. Um, however, when you now look at bringing in Darvish, when you think about getting Clevenger back in 2022, when you think about having Mackenzie Gore coming up, which we'll talk about a little I bit. I am definitely want to talk about Gore, but, but I want to get yeah. to it. So, so when we look at when we look at all the other pieces, I think Snell is an essential piece, especially right now. So to tie it into your comment that you just made about fantasy and Patino, uh, yeah, I don't read into that whatsoever. The guy was called up; it was a shortened season. He was playing in, in relief, first of all. He wasn't even coming out as a starter, so he's playing outside of his regular position would even be envisioned for him, which is to be you know a six or seven inning guy um, versus coming in in the seventh inning. He got lit up. You could. I, I remember watching his debut. He looked as nervous as if me or you were taking the, the mound for the first time. I mean, he couldn't find the strike zone, even though he was throwing absolute gas at 101. Um, my fear about this trade, and this is something that always happens with any trade, uh, and the White Sox are certainly feeling this. Because <laughs> of the tattoo trade. I already know where you're going. <laughs> my biggest fear is that Patino goes, and we both know what Tampa Bay does with pitchers, is that he goes and is just an absolute stud for years and years and years. And we had him locked up um, for a very favorable contract for years to come up with Gore and kind of lead the way. So I'm excited because we're getting someone who's there versus someone who just made their first debut, you know, a few months ago. But I do think that, to use the word a Steel? No, I don't think it's a steal. When we talk about you, Darvish, we could talk about. Steel. Yeah. All right. All right. So I have two thoughts on the Snell trade, and, and I think your your take is fair. That like your your concern about Patin, Patino is is valid, and I you know I know he struggled this year. I also understand that he just got called up, and pitchers take time. So I'm not trying to close the book on him. But my first pushback is, while the 2018 year for Snell was incredible, he got the Cy Young and everything. He was also pretty good in 2019, too. I mean, his ERA was pretty low. His whip, 1.27. Like, ERA, 3.3. Like, I feel like he he might not be a dominant. He's not like Cole or like a, you know, Scherzer, like this dominant 1A Verlander type pitcher. But he is definitely, I think, could be a top of the rotation. I mean, look at the rate. The Rays went to the World Series last year, and he was arguably their best pitcher. So... I think getting him, you might not be getting the the primo top five pitcher in baseball, but I think you're definitely getting like a top 10 guy or a top 12 guy. And I think that's awesome. But you just touched on it. The Tampa Bay got to the World Series with him. But think about it. They had Glasnow. They had Morton. Uh, so, so they had a couple of other guys. That were there. They have McKay on the up. I mean, who knows if he's gonna? Yeah, I don't. I I was really hot on him on my dynasty team like two years ago, and then yeah. I mean, who knows? I mean, we're we're starting to see between him and Otani, those two way players aren't exactly. No, I'm out on that. I I'm totally out on the two way pitcher hitter. Yeah, yeah. same. (laughs) Uh, But but you're right. So so if you have a good supporting cast, 
I would argue you don't necessarily even need Garrett Cole or you don't need a Scherzer if you're if you're going to have a strong five to put forward. Totally. Which clearly, they've done. So so before the Darvish trade, if you told me, hey, you got Snell now to plug in for Clevenger, is this a World Series team? I'd say, eh, I still don't know how you're beating the Dodgers with them. Now that you have you and you're getting Snell, I mean, I think that's a complete game changer because every single game you're giving yourself a chance. Um, and if, I mean, the one thing I would say is Paddock is the one huge concern. Uh, if he could go back to what he was out of the gate, well, that's that's crazy. If, if Paddock could rebound, I mean, they're going to have probably the they might have the best pitching staff this year. Like, forget yeah. 2022, but this year they might have the best pitching staff if Paddock bounces back and Jarvish and Snell pitch like they should. Um, yeah, I mean, I would I would argue the, the Braves could be filthy. Too. Well, I mean, if you look at them getting Morton now and then having Freed and then having uh, Ian Anderson, I mean, they, they could be absolutely filthy, too. Well, don't forget about my boy Lamette, who I know you're kind of hot and cold on, but Lamette's probably my favorite. Was my favorite pitcher on the staff last year? Strikeout no, city. I was, Love I that was cold. I was cold on him before this year for one reason only. I told you he would have those implosion innings, so he would put together an absolute gem of a game, and then all of a sudden you start to see he give up a leadoff walk, and you just knew it was going to be a complete implosion of an inning. This year, he did a tremendous job of avoiding that. He would give off the leadoff walk and then get a double play ground ball and then the very next at bat. So I, I think Lamette has turned a huge corner. And, and honestly, man, we talk about an ace. I, I actually think Lamette has potential to be more of that Garrett Cole type ace than like Snell or Darvish. I mean, Darvish is I think that's, seven years old now, so not. I get. I think there's a path for that. I think you're a little a little crazy, a little on the Kool Aid for him to be just his dominant one A. But he's definitely their third starter. You know, like he, Paddock. We're talking about Paddock rebounding. Lamette's their third guy, and like whatever you get out of Paddock, Paddock as a fourth starter is kind of bonus, in my opinion. Um, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, dude, I, I honestly think right now, if you ask me my rotation for this year, let, let's just, for hypothetical sake, say, um, I mean, I don't even know who they throw out there in the fifth spot right now. It's up in the air. I mean, do they call up Gore? Do they bring in Ryan Weathers? Do they bring in uh, Lucchese, which, God, I hope is not the case. Um, but but if I had to say right now, forget veterans or, or who's proven or who who's owed, you know, getting the number one spot, whatever. Based on how they look right now, I would actually say you Darvish is the one. I would definitely put Lamette at two. Snell is three. No. Snell is, two, dude. Four. Snell is two. Dude. Snell won the Cy Young two years ago, dude. It's not that it matters, but Snell two, Lamette three. Matter. What does two years ago matter? Yeah, it, it doesn't matter at all. <laughs> I said based on how they're pitching right now, how they pitch this. True. Test, Lamette. You know, so now, now you're you're like higher on Lamette than I've been. I think a part of this is because I just mind fucked you with me saying how good he was and you hated him and now you have to come back a year later and no, say or, that he's... Or, or I watched a full year of yeah, yeah. and realized that he's actually come a long way since that last argument that we had. True, that <laughs> argument was a year old. Uh, my, yeah. my, my other thing about the, the Snell trade before we move on is first of all, Patino could be, could be awesome, but I think his, you know, who knows what he becomes, but you're kind of hoping, if I could tell you right now, like, hey, Luis Patino is going to become the next Blake Snell, you would probably be over the moon. You'd be like, oh, my God, that's incredible. He's going to be a top 10, 15 pitcher with potential to win a Cy Young. Like, yeah, that's give me that. 
So I always like taking a sure thing over like what he could become. And Snell, I, I Snell's 28, and he's got a super team-friendly contract for the next three years, which we kind of led in talking about, like, what do they do with Tatis? What is the window of this team? They have him for three more seasons in his prime at like for like something absurd, like less than $40 million total. So then well, they could kind of wait and see what happens. Yeah, no, I I don't disagree with any of that, and and I agree. I think I think the the Tino, it's more of the what could have been. So if he ends up becoming this Cy Young dominant pitcher for years to come, and it was going to be a salary that was obviously in control for a long time, and he was coming up with Gore together, like there there's there's a lot there to be excited about. So to fracture that relationship definitely hurts. What I was saying before, it's not that I wouldn't do the move. It just I wouldn't call it a deal because if any if a trade hurts if it still you know kind of physically pains you that you lost somebody i don't consider that a steal with the with what they're doing with salary is completely a testament to two pieces one it's a testament to what they've done with their farm system because that's obviously allowed a lot of these trades and then getting favorable contracts back because they're giving something so they don't have to necessarily get a crappy contract and then in the case of the Cubs, the Cubs are just desperate to shed salary. So I think AJ just took full advantage of that and, and threw, I mean, what was the, the, hot, the top prospect? It was like our 11th guy. 11th guy. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm not even going to say his name. Guys I've never heard of. I do like right. Zach Davies, but you Darvish or Zach Davies is you Darvish 100 out of 100 times. So the Darvish and, and one, I feel. he got a catcher. He's never pitched better than with Caratini. So he's got his catcher, too, that got thrown into the mix. Not that I'm not excited about Is that? I didn't even know who that was. Caratini, is that like his guy that they like play together? Yeah. That's that's pretty cool. It, because... it literally is just his guy. It, 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 he, he gave a lot of credit. Oh, to his I love that. The way I didn't... Caratini called game. I that's I didn't know that at all. That makes me like it a lot more. Because Darvish, I was like, yes. The trade is a no-brainer. That is a steal because they gave up basically Zach Davies and nobody else. But the idea, I was like, well, he's owed a lot. He's owed $60 million over the next three years. He's already 34. But he just pitched great last year too. So it's like, it's definitely a no-brainer trade. I like that they did it in, in, a, in a heartbeat. I would do it in a heartbeat. But he's a guy where I'm like, I hope he's good. I hope he could hold on for this full window. He is coming off a fantastic year. In a, a shorter shortened season, obviously, but and then I was looking I was worried about twenty eighteen. I forgot he got hurt in twenty eighteen. Like I remember one year, I think it's because I had him in fantasy. He was hurt a lot and he was not good, but then he got shut down after like a month or two. So I don't know. So, Darvish, I I feel good about, I just have reservations. Am I crazy? Should I just be embracing this full heart like wholeheartedly and Darvish is our one A guy? I would have far less anxiety about the Darvish trade than I would about the Snell trade. If you if you're going to have anxiety about either, I, I don't think that there's necessarily cause for concern on either one. But getting back to what I said before about Patino being you know shipped off, I think that's your potential like the one that got away. We literally are not going to lose sleep over losing Reginald Preciado or Owen Casey or Ishmael Mania. Like these these are not names that are going to come back to haunt us. So in terms of the contract itself, it's favorable for, for a guy of you, Satcher. You got him coming back over. Even if he ends up shitting the bed, you're not. It, it's it's a risk you take 100% of the time. There was literally nothing. It was, it was opportunistic because they saw an opportunity with the Cubs obviously trying to shed salary. And then they threw back, okay, if you at the end of the day, I know you're a big Zach Davies guy, but 
he peaked already. He had his season. He said no way he was going to reproduce what he did in the shortened season anyway. And even if he did, in, in on no planet would you ever take Zach Davies over the opportunity to get a U Darvish back. So uh, that one is an absolute steal. I, I could not believe when I looked and saw U Darvish in trade talks, whatever, I held my breath because I was like, here we go. This is where they hurt me again. They're going to either get rid of maybe not Gore, but they're going to get rid of C.J. Abrams, who's an absolute stud up on the rise. They're going to get rid of their number one pick, Robert Hassel, who's already climbing the top 100 pipeline. Uh, they're going to get rid of Capusano, who's a number one catcher prospect, who I think is going to be amazing, um, which is also why. How many catchers are they going to carry? Can you carry three? On a, is that normal in baseball to carry three catchers? Because between Nola, uh, Capusano, and then this guy they just got for Darvish. I don't yeah, know what they're going to do. Well, there. he's only he's only going to play the days that that Darvish pitches. I would imagine. I can't see that guy getting playing time outside of that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you're going to get if you got Nola potentially, and then uh, Capusano's not there yet, so okay. I could see him possibly being called up, maybe like towards the end of the season or something. But my point was is that they got rid of Mejia, knowing that this guy is waiting in the wings. Yeah. He is an easy throwaway. Like, I know he was a really hot prospect, but he has not been good. And if he's like an additional piece in a trade to bring in a guy like Snell, that's a no brainer. Like, I like that. Absolutely. You do that in a heartbeat. So, and also, and also, AJ, again, catcher has been their biggest pain point by far. And they ended up, what did they do? They got Nola last year for the playoff run, got rid of Austin Hedges, thank God. Yeah, um, your, your boy Austin Hedges. I, I'm only sad so they bad. got rid of Austin Hedges for how much you hate Austin Hedges. So He's terrible. I, it's not just me. Go, go, go to Padres' Twitter. <laughs> He's the running joke that will never end. He's awful, dude. If you saw him with the Indians in the playoffs, he was god-awful. Well, I remember he, he came in for a big at-bat. Yeah. Critical moment for their whole season. Do you remember that against the Yankees? Yeah, I do. Because we were texting about it. I'm like, oh my god, the Indian season's on the line, and they just brought in hedges, and you were having a field day. I was like, this is incredible. Yeah. <laughs> well, he swung at three sliders yeah, that it, were closer to first yeah. base than home. No, no, he stinks. But so they'll they'll have options at catcher. I think Nola's a isn't Nola a free agent at the end of this year? He is. That's yeah. why I was saying potentially yeah. they got to restructure. I I think he's he's eligible for like arbitration or something. Yeah. But I would be surprised if they didn't bring him back. Yeah, that makes sense. We'll see. I mean, they have options. Let's. So we like the Darvish trade a lot. I love the Snell trade. You like the Snell trade too. I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. I know how you get. I'm not putting words in your Appreciate mouth. You like that. this. You like the Snell trade too. <laughs> Uh, they also added Ha Seong Kim, who I'm not going to lie, I just Googled for the first time, I think yesterday, uh, when I heard the Padres might sign him and like all my baseball Twitter guys were like, this is a get. We were joking yesterday, like how does Korean Baseball League stats translate to the MLB? Because this guy hit like 30 home runs and 100 RBIs in like 130 games last year. Uh do you have have you read anything additionally in the last twenty four hours about this guy, Kim? All I did was look at his stats. I mean, I know he's been buzzing for a while because they've been waiting for the Korean League to give the rights, and I knew a lot of teams were interested in him, which, quite frankly, was enough for me. It was like, well, yeah, no, the me too. And all the top teams are looking at him. He's got to have something to offer. Um, I mean, again. The, it's, it's what you just said. I don't know how Korean baseball stats are going to correlate to MLB level, uh, but from I saw some highlights of him. I mean, he's definitely got pop. And again, I mean, to put him in wherever we can plug and play, it's going to be very interesting to see. He's never played in the outfield in his professional career. 
Cronenworth is not really an outfielder, um, but I've been reading that they kind of want to take a lot of these versatile players and just kind of mix and match as needed. You see, yeah, the I saw that DJ. too. Dodgers it, have done it. Yes, I, I think it's great. I think yeah. it's great. You play them every day, and you just work to whatever lineups that you know make the most sense for you. I, I think right now AJ is playing chess while everyone's playing chess. Yeah, it's, it's incredible to see. I saw. I, we must have read the same tweet because I was not that I thought it was a bad. I was like, he's young too. He's like twenty four, and it's like a reasonable contract. It's like seven or eight million a year or something. And I was like, all right, this is a good get, but where are they going to play him? And then I read that thing about, like, people freaking out about what position he's going to play. It was like, look at the Dodgers. They have all these guys that are interchangeable and just mix it up every day. I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess you really can't have too many good players. So I think it was an awesome get. I think the fans will love him, especially if he – I mean, he he raked in the Korean League. So I thought it's exciting to get him. I'm curious how they use him. I know you love – Cronenworth, so I don't know. Is that a, how do we pronounce it? Cronenworth or Cronenworth? Cronen, Cronenworth. Cronenworth yeah. But but also here's the other thing too. So I, and this is in throwing shade because I was pumped about both of them last year. But you got guys like Hosmer and and uh, uh, Will Myers that obviously had comeback seasons, right? They had been slumping big time. The pessimist in me does not see both of those guys having tremendous years again. So now, if you got Hosmer or Meyer slumping, you literally have the bandwidth to put a guy like Crony at first base. He was amazing at first base. Yeah, he was, he, had, he like, was really good. Yeah. Incredible, like, gold glove plays at, at defensively at first base. You could plug him at first. You could plug him in right field if needed. And now you have Kim that you could put at second. So it, it, the, the possibilities are endless. And like you said, you could never have enough good players. And they're getting them at the most reasonable contract. Yeah. So it's like you could not have asked for a better dream scenario. Right now I love his office. age. I know that sounds silly, but, like, sometimes you're bringing in these guys that have been overseas for, like, 10 years and you're asking them to adjust on the fly and it's like this guy is so young that like he could also grow into his role it's good it was a good pickup all right let what are your you know before we talk about gore and when they get clevenger back because next year is going to be crazy but what are your expectations for this year is this world series or bust now or are you i'm trying to figure out is this is this enough like you know, I'd like to see him build up the bullpen a little bit. Or you think they're done? I, I saw something this morning saying that don't rule out Trevor Bauer, which I thought was insane. But they were like, Bauer is like a potential for this team. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think the Bauer thing is going to happen. Neither nor do I. I think it should. I, I think the contract that he's going to demand and all the reasons that we just talked about, how fiscally they're doing everything right. I think Bauer, obviously Bauer is just going to give them the most embarrassment of riches. But I don't think that it's necessary to do it. It would be um, so sick, though. I, I, I agree. I agree with you 100. percent I don't think they should do it. They're especially for the contract thing, unless they signed them to some like two year deal for like a lot of money. But I think I think Bauer. It would be insane. Be, it would be insane. Probably going to be where me and you disagree mightily. I think that the two, and we could get more to the other free agents after. But just I want it on record, recorded. I think that. Bauer and Real Muto are going to be the two worst contracts given out. Well, Real Muto, I don't know what the market is for him. He wants he wants to set the market and get like some ungodly amount of money for that no catcher has ever seen. But once the Mets sign McCann, I don't know. I'm not. I mean, I don't know, but I don't know what team's going to do that. When I was like researching all these rumors and stuff, there's not a lot of teams linked to him. 
Like I was reading, it's more likely he goes back to the Phillies on a shorter deal, like a one-year heavily priced deal or something like that. And he might be better off because there might be more of a demand next year. I thought the Mets, I thought when they got Cohen, I thought for sure they were just Well, I was like, all right. Yeah, I thought they were about to, like, they're going to get Real Muto. Honestly, I would. I don't know if I'd pay Real Muto whatever he wants, 160 I wouldn't pay any catcher that much anymore, honestly. Yeah. I, I feel like catchers and relievers, especially closers, I feel like are the two riskiest year by year investments that you could make. How many how many closers have we seen get just insane deals and then they just fizzle out the very next season? So uh, to me that's not where you put your money. I I, I agree with you 100%. Where before we just jump all over the what like what is your wish list for the rest of the offseason for the Padres? Do they my you know as an average fan I'd say bullpen. Are my forgetting something? Like what are they done? Do they need something else? Like what Next year, you know, this year maybe Gore competes for a fifth spot. Next year they get Clevenger back, and you would think Gore will be in there. Maybe they trade Paddock or something. Or Lamette. They could trade one of these guys and get another awesome position player. Or, or I know you you don't want to hear this. They could always trade Gore for, like, I was trying to think of a player that would actually make sense for the Padres, but the only name I could think of was, like, Lindor. I was trying to think of superstar players that could be available. And Lindor was Lindor. I think Gore is going to be. I think Gore is going to be an absolute, just rare freak talent for years and years and years. I I, I think Gore. I mean, even Preller has said that Gore is basically untouchable. So I I think that just dude. Have you have you ever seen clips of him pitch? Uh, No, but I've read about him for years, and I've listened to you talk about him forever. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, again, I can't imagine a scenario where you're giving him away for anyone. I mean, maybe like, you know, fucking Mike Trout, but other than that. Well, that's who I I was like trying to think in names of guys that would like actually move the needle where I could get you to like, could maybe think of trading Gore. And the only one I, I was like Trout. I'm like, but the Angels aren't going to trade. They're not going to trade Trout. So maybe Soto, maybe like a yeah. Soto well, Soto's not. A, yeah. So basically, he's untradeable. Is what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. So, okay. so I would say, I mean, yeah. I, I, the only, I mean, I agree with you. I think bullpen and catcher. So if we get Nola, I'd be content with that because I think we have more than enough offensive firepower now. We don't even really need to get that much production out of the catcher spot. Um, if they go back to Having the not the universal DH, obviously the catcher becomes that much more critical. Um, if they go universal DH, I think that that would be amazing for the Padres. Uh, but yeah, I think bullpen. Uh, Have they decided they, that they yet? Were, I know that's a ridiculous that? question. Have they decided the whole? Uh, is the NL doing a DH or not? I haven't seen that. Or has that not been decided? They're, yet? they're supposedly going back to okay. the old way. That's what they're I thought. They're not going to have the DH, which is insane. Uh, but that, that's, that's a story for another day. But, but yeah, that's gonna, uh, why you do it for a year and then revert back to the old way of, hey, we're going to have two divisions, but we're going to have different rules for each. I mean, to name another sport where that exists. Uh, it, it makes no sense. Either have a universal DH or have everybody not do a DH. This, this whole doing it in one league and not the other drives me insane. But, but getting back to your point. So the bullpen, I, honestly, I'm not as sold. I mean, last year, on paper, they were the number one, number two bullpen, give or take. I think it was between them and the Yankees back and forth. I think about the best. Um, but if you look, they have some holes there. Kirby Yates is a free agent, which I, I don't think anybody's really going to pay him. He looked completely burnt and, and done. I mean, he could rally. I like the guy, but I don't, I don't feel good about that one. So he's gone. Pomeranz. Uh, I like Pomeranz. I, like I would Pomeranz. like him to move into the closer role. Um, I don't know if it's going to happen. He was a superb setup guy. He was great filling in 
Rosenthal's a free agent. I don't think he resigned yet, unless I missed. He something. hasn't. Well, as of this morning, he hasn't. I guess we should say we're yeah. recording this on a Tuesday, the 29th. Uh, there's Rosenthal some names. Be there, great. If we got Rosenthal back, I would love that. I, I mean, there's names out there. Hendricks. If we could bring back Brad Hand. Uh, and, and I wouldn't mind investing in Hand. Pedro uh, Baez. Hendrick, somebody's going to overpay for probably the Dodgers. Alex Colon, Blake. Speaking of the Dodgers, Blake. Uh, I've never pronounced this guy's name. Training. Yeah, he's out yeah. there. There's a lot of names. Rosenthal is still out there. I, I would just think the easiest one would be to get Rosenthal back. Depending, I mean, uh, again, obviously it's got to be. Shane Green. Dude, he's bought in completely to the fan base. He's bought yeah, in to you the were like all about his Twitter presence, which I love. I mean, Twitter. the guy was the, the second day in. He was already mm-hmm. like asking for the fans for the best burrito spots. He's like, I mean, yeah. he's all in San Diego. Like, how do you not want a guy like that for the culture? So I, I think that he's definitely my number one in terms of signing for the bullpen. But yeah, I mean, Emilio Pagan. He had an off year for what we thought we were going to get from him in that Tampa Bay. Trade. I like him though, um, but he was really good with the with Tampa, really good. So I I still have hope that he could bounce back. He could, he could, and that's the thing. I think it's it's kind of a spoiled situation that we're in because we're almost grasping at straws to find weaknesses. I think that their bullpen, as is today, that, that let's even put aside the Rosenthal piece. If they had the bullpen that they have right now, not to mention they have a ton of arms that they could bring up, like Baez, Michael Mikel Baez, or whatever. He was hurt last year. Yeah, he's they the guy they brought up. up. Is that the guy they brought up two years ago that just threw absolute yeah. gas? Yeah, he, he's like awesome. He, pit, he throws one or two. They got Motorhone, who could potentially be our fifth starter. But if he's not the fifth starter, he did really well coming out of relief. He even started a few games in spot starts and did well. So I, I mean, I think that. Honestly, if they if they didn't make another move the entire offseason, I think I would be content with it. Yeah, I mean, well, after you get Darvish and Snell, the other thing that was crazy about it was that all this happened in, in like really like 24 hours. If you consider like the Blake, from the moment the Blake Snell trade was announced, within the next 24 hours, they signed Kim and then added Darvish as well, which is just like crazy. Some teams go like years, five years without making one trade like that. And they did two in the span of like a full calendar day. Um, yeah, exactly. It was, cra- it was just crazy. So we'll see. I, I think Padres will be super excited. God, I hope, are we going to be able to go to see the game? I don't, I'm like dying to be able, I need the vaccine here so we could go to Padres games. We well, they're pushing, they're pushing for a May start, hoping that by then people will be vaccinated and they could at least get back to like 50%. I mean, uh, that know, would suck though. Tickets would be expensive if it's like, you could own 50% could go. And by the way, Padres have the best team they've had since the late 90s. So, uh, I don't know. No, it could. I mean, I don't know. But, but uh, I guess we, we kind of went off that. But in terms of my 2021 prediction, do I think they're a World Series team? I think they have the potential. Do I think that this made them better than the Dodgers? Which, quite frankly, I mean, between them and the Braves, not necessarily. I think they might go toe-to-toe. With the Dodgers, yeah, they, they do have the best team in right? baseball in their own division, so that's an issue. But right, I yeah, I I'm curious to see. I think the potential of next year is what gets me excited. The idea of adding Clevenger and potentially Mackenzie Gore being whatever he could be. I mean, plus Lamette, plus Paddock. There's too many guys. You're gonna have to trade one, and then that's a, oh, but that's Paddock a player coming not. in. That's a player coming in Paddock. if you could trade him. 
My, my, my dream scenario, and I wanted this for Kirby Yates, but they didn't do it. This is, in my opinion, one of AJ's rare flaws. Uh, when Kirby Yates had that season that he had last year, broke the record for saves and whatnot, I thought they should have traded him because they could have got just a ridiculous return for him, and they didn't. And I knew that was going to be a mistake, and obviously he fizzled out, and we saw what happened in 2020. If my dream scenario came true, Paddock would just be lights out, refine his magic, and then they trade him in the offseason because, quite frankly, he's expendable, and we could take back whatever we could get for you know the other pain point positions. Uh, Gore, yes, yeah, you just touched on it. Even if they call Gore this year, I don't know that he's going to come out and just be guns a-blazing and, and lights out right away. So if he gets a year under his belt, we get Clevenger back in 2022. Conservatively, my prediction, if we, if we go back to 162-game season, I think they go 162-0. Yeah, I mean, I think they, <laughs> I, they'll have one of the best pitching. I mean, I'm just looking. Darvish, Snell, Lamette, Clevenger, and then either Gore or Paddock or Lucchese. Is Weathers anything? I, I keep seeing Weathers' name come up. Is he is he a real? It's two. It's two. We we got such a small sample size. He came okay. in the postseason, pitched really well in, in extreme conditions. Um, remember when we lost Lamette and Clevenger, and we were basically piecing together bullpens? He came in and did some really really good work. Uh, so I think. Having that already, he shows that he's got big game potential. Um, but it's the jury's still out. I mean, we barely have seen this guy. So it, it's way too hard to predict what he's going to be. But with the way Paddock pitched last year, I, I'd probably take a flyer. If he can't figure out another pitch because his curveball and his fastball have been the most predictable things ever, I, I would gladly take a flyer on starting Weathers or Morahone uh, and, and having Paddock kick rocks potentially. Well, we'll see. I personally, I hope Gore makes the rotation this year because I just think that would be super fun. I, every like I, even as their fifth starter, that would be so fun. It's like oh, and they have Mackenzie Gore starting, which is amazing. Agreed. It'd be every every start would be much much watch baseball. Even Pat, I haven't given up on Paddock, so I'd be watching Paddock to see can he rebound, and then everyone else would be must see baseball. So. Paddock needs Paddock needs more pitches. That's the problem. He, he, he last year they sniffed out the curveball, the fastball. The year before he was more of a novelty. They didn't really know he was able to have yeah. success. Clearly, they watched tape. They figured it out, and it was. I mean, every single game, dude, it was the exact same scenario. It was like Groundhog Day all over again. Well, let's see. We'll see. They've he's had the whole off season to work on it. Well, training camp or training camp spring spring training doesn't start for a few months. So let's see. We'll see what happens with him. That's a that's a TBD. When we bring you back on, we'll see Paddock's development. Um, all right, let's let's shift. Let's do just rapid fire because we just went for a while on the Padre, uh, Padres. Rapid fire. I'm just gonna throw you moves that have happened and just tell me if you like them or not, and we could expand on those thoughts if we want to. Does that sound good? It sounds like a plan. All right, Charlie Morton to the Braves. Don't like it. I love it. That's okay. an amazing pickup for the Braves. Great salary. Great. You could not have asked for a better trade to fall into, uh, or a better. It was a one. I think it was a one-year contract, right? It was like one yeah, year, one, eighteen million. Yeah. There's, there's literally no risk. They got a guy that could potentially be an all-star stud, top of the lineup guy, in a, in a rotation that's already going to be dominant. I, I, I saw that and I like salivated at the thought of getting him on that contract. They're, they're. You know, we just talked about the Padres for a while. Max Fried, Charlie Morton. Soroka, Ian Anderson, who was great last year, and they also signed Drew Smiley, who I don't really like, but isn't terrible. Yeah, I mean he's he's a serviceable fifth. If that's a, that's like a pretty legit. That's that's legit, man. And a lot of those guys are young. I love that they have that young core 
And Max Fried, I made a big all-in trade for my dynasty team. Or I should say, not all-in, but the opposite of selling high on a bunch of guys. So we'll see. I mean, I'm in on that. Yeah, I also like that move. I agree with you. Uh, and, uh, and not to mention that their offense is stupid. So they're, they're going to be a very, very dangerous yeah. team. Uh, this one I'm excited to get your thoughts on. Josh Bell to the Nats. I liked it. I mean, <laughs> let's face it. There, there are two fran- well, you're probably going to disagree with this. There are two franchises that probably aren't going very far regardless. But I do think that the Nationals potentially picked up a piece that could be a part of a building block. If that's all they do, they're not competing in the NL East. Um, I, I think that they're definitely going to get need more pieces in order to contend. But I do think that that could be one of those fly-under-the-radar moves. If Josh Bell looks anything like the Josh Bell of two years ago, they absolutely got a steal. Uh, and then, I mean, the Pirates are the Pirates. They're going to get a couple of – I think they got a couple of pitchers um, that weren't like any type of like, – I don't, yeah, I don't even you – know, I don't even, the Pirates are so bad. I, almost, I, mean, I don't even care. Josh yeah. Bell – single-handedly sunk my fantasy team. We just talked about how I traded for Freed. And that same team I had to sell on Bell because he was awful last year. He batted 226. He was terrible. But the year before, 37 home runs, 116 RBI. Like, this guy, and he's young. He's only 27 or 28. Like, I thought that was a really interesting trade. I was actually kind of surprised. Dude, you've seen it. When he gets traded, he could revitalize his career just having a new pace and new scenery. Who the hell is motivated to play for the Pirates right now? If he could be something and then you match him with Soto, I mean, that could be something. That that gets me excited. Uh, Our fantasy darling, James McCann, to the Mets, who we both love. Or at least I'm trying to think back to our group text about fantasy baseball. I think we both love McCann. We do love McCann. My concern is I love McCann as a split catcher that was able to get off days with Grandel. If you look at his numbers with the Tigers, he was never the guy. If you look at his numbers with the White Sox, he was putting up big numbers, but he was also obviously being carried with Grandel, getting rest days. The Mets brought him in to be their catcher, to be the guy. I, I, I worry that he may not ever be the guy in a full-time role if that but but as a, if they find a way to balance him out i think that he could continue the production that he had with the white Sox. so yeah i i i'm big on the guy but i think they got to utilize him in the right way very smart answer uh this is definitely the guy that i draft too high in my fantasy draft because i think i'm a genius and he sucks this year <laughs> I had him two years ago when he was really good before they got Grandall, and I was like, loved him. He was hitting grand slams like left and right. I'm like, who is this guy? So I thought that was interesting. I mean, we talked about Real Muto. I, once they signed him, I'm like, I don't know where Real Muto's going. Uh, yeah, no, I still don't. It's a mystery. I, I actually think what you said before is probably the most likely is that he just takes another one year deal with Philly and then uh, tries to put himself back out there if he has another strong year. Uh, this this signing I liked. I know he's been damaged goods, but David Dahl to the Rangers for three mil. Like I don't know if I he'll play. It. I love that dude. I like Dahl. I know he's yeah, the only the only, here's the only two things though about that. Dahl, you got going from Colorado, so you yeah. don't know. First of all, Rangers really is a hitter park. Rangers is a hitter park, right? It is, but nothing is course field. So no, I mean, right. but but to be fair. They said the same thing about DJ LeMahieu, and look what he's done once he left course. So I, I don't think that you have to put too much stock in that. My my real concern is that the Rockies turned down re-signing him for a discount 
because he just had shoulder surgery, and last year yeah. he had a one eighty three average or something. Yeah. So I, there there has to be a tremendous bounce back. But again, the risk reward there is yeah. absolutely there because if he looks anything like his old self, they got him for absolutely nothing. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I just I you know I've always liked him when he's played and been healthy, but the issue is he's never healthy. So. Uh, okay. Otherwise, it's been pretty quiet. Um, well, you want to go through the last remaining few names that are... Well, there's a lot of names on the market, but the, the big names that are left, we already talked about him a little. Trevor Bauer. The Angels are looking at him. The Mets. The Padres we talked about, although we both agree that would be dumb. Maybe the Yankees. You think Bauer is a stay away? You... I do. I, I think that, uh, again, it's gut instinct and kind of watching him over the years. I think his best seasons are behind him. Um, I think that he's going to leverage coming off of the season that he just had, which was cash in and somebody's going to be stuck with that contract for the next five, six, seven years. All right. That's it's original take. I like him a lot, but what do I know? We'll see when you come back for our part two of MLB off season. Once all these guys are signed, if they all sign, you know, where do you think Bauer ends up? It, you know, I, I would say the Angels are the Mets. I feel like they both seem to be, you know, the Blue Jays is a dark horse. Those are the three teams I keep hearing the most in the offseason. The Angels need pitching so bad that I could see them just making a brash, you know, like a brash decision. The Mets have so much money now, and they also need pitching. And then the Blue Jays have just been linked to everyone. They're like, oh, they're going to be super aggressive and they haven't done anything yet. So I could just see them being like striking out on Springer or whoever and being like, screw it, we'll just give Bauer this money. So you, Yeah, I, I think you just touched on it. The, Toronto is not landing like a Trevor Bauer. In my opinion. I don't think that's a market that he's going to go to. I think you're going to get maybe a George Springer would go there and get overpaid or even like a, a, a real music type, like somebody else that's a big name free agent but not the bell of the ball. I think that Bauer, so the Mets are interesting because I think Cohen could want to make a splash and get the fan base excited and bring in Bauer. But then I also wonder, he's also talked, he, he's like on Twitter all the time, like a regular person just tweeting out about like with their strategy. He was congratulating the Padres yesterday, saying the reason they were able to do all this is because they built such a great farm system that that's what it takes, to, blah, blah, blah. So he kind of almost talks about building from the ground up so if you're building from the ground up to get a franchise that's not in win now mode you would not be bringing in Bauer right now but think of the prospects you want to talk about uh, about potential rotations <laughs> you have to face DeGrom and Bauer and even potentially Syndergaard in a seven game or a five game yeah. series <laughs> while they have this pitching I would totally I'd be buyers if I'm the Mets I'm buyers I, I would bring in Springer and I hate to say it as a Yankee fan but I'd look really hard at LeMahieu and I would try and make something happen this year that's what I would do yeah, uh, I, I don't think the Mets are going to go the, the, the quiet route I think that Cohen is kind of licking his chops and waiting but I, I think they're going to be spenders uh, George Springer do you like him? He's another guy linked to the Mets and the Blue Jays, who are seemingly linked to everyone. I like him if the contract makes sense. Yeah. Put it that way. It depends. If, if I think someone's going to overreach on him. I do wonder. I mean, being in the offense that he was in, yeah, obviously he had- helped him get a lot more of inflated stats that I think he was probably worthy of. It even take away the whole trash can controversy. I think that he still is a little bit overinflated. Um, but yeah, I mean, for, for the right for the right price I think he could be a good plug-in I don't think he's the guy you build around by any means and he might get paid as if he is 
I like him going full FU mode post. He needs to get out of away from the Astros. And I kind of like maybe he gets away from all that and that helps him. But I agree. It has to be the right team. Uh, Real Muto we talked about. I, there, he's not even like rumored to teams anymore. All I could find no, I on him was back to the Phillies. And I, I don't know what that looks like. I feel like he's going to just be unsigned forever. And then he'll sign super late. Uh, LeMahieu for my Yankees, who I've heard the Dodgers with all the Padres stuff happening, that the Dodgers could take a look at him. Uh, I still think the Mets are the dark horse team. If not, he goes back to the Yankees. Apparently, the Yankees, they were like $20 million apart. I'm like, dude, you're the Yankees. Just like make it happen. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, he's going to slow down at some point, but every year he proves everyone wrong. So I don't know. I mean, dude, he's been doing it year in and year out just consistently. He's a oh, I love him, dude. Player. Pay him. Pay, pay. He's the, one of the best hitters I feel like I've ever seen in my life. Just as a, a pure hitter. He's one of the best hitters I've ever seen. And he's, I love him. I hope the, I would, if I'm the Yankees, I would just pay him whatever and then figure it out. Yeah, I do, uh, I do agree with you. I think it's going to be just between the Yankees and Mets. I think that's yeah. just the New York battle. I think I, there's no way the Dodgers are going to pay him what he's looking for. And quite frankly, the Dodgers don't need him. I, they don't, they no, don't really the do- have The Dodgers need. definitely do not need him. They should just bring back Turner and go forward. Yeah, uh, exactly. Last name on my list that I thought was notable, my boy, Marcel. Marcel? I think that's his first name. Ozuna, who I love. Uh, you, I think, don't like? Haven't we talked about Ozuna and you were out I don't on... think we've talked about Ozuna, actually. He's... I, I don't really... I don't have, like, an overpowering opinion either way on him, to be honest. The Brave teams linked to him are the Braves to come back. Uh, the Nats, which, you know, the Nats, they bring in Bell, they bring in Ozuna, and then they got Soto. That, that could be something. And then the Mariners. I don't know how serious the Mariners was from a Mariner blog. I don't know how serious that was. Um, I like him. I think he's a slugger. I, I, you know, I'd be worried about giving him a contract that he probably wants or what Springer might get. But if you could get him for like fifteen to twenty a year for like three or four years, I would do that. I think his market would be a lot more intriguing if they decided to announce that there's a universal DH. Because I think you would have a lot more NL teams as eligible suitors that want to bring him on just solely for his offense. That yeah. he brings. Uh, without the DH in the NL, I think his market shrinks by half. Uh, so yeah, I, again, I don't, I don't, I don't love the guy. I don't, I don't dislike the guy. I think, I think he has some pop. I think that he obviously would bring some offense defensively. He's somewhat of a liability. Um, yeah, I mean, again, it, that's one of those, like, I wouldn't be excited either way. Wouldn't want the Padres to overpay for him, that's for sure. Uh, is there anyone else I'm forgetting before we move on from yeah, you're Yeah, I was surprised you didn't bring this guy up. Your boy, Tanaka. I know. I don't know. I mean, I just assume the Yankees are bringing him back. The Yankees need – the Yankees can't afford to let Tanaka walk. As much, I, I like Tanaka. I don't think I like Tanaka as much as most Yankee fans. I just think he's – I think he's good, but the Yankees, so de- I don't think he's a number two guy. I think he's like a poor man's number three, and they really need a number two and a number three, and I don't know if he's it. But they can't afford to let him walk. Like So I think him coming back to the Yankees is a I, – I hate to call it a full-gone conclusion, but I, I would be shocked if he plays for any other team next year. 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I could I could see somebody else picking him up. I mean, he's at this point in his career, he's basically he would just be like a almost like an old journeyman type. Like you're not going to get. I mean, we saw this postseason too with the numbers that he had. Obviously, none of that held up. He got lit up in every game that he pitched. I think, but I, I think ultimately he still would be a very very big improvement over most teams, probably like three or four. So I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm actually a little surprised that there hasn't been more buzz about teams looking at him. Potentially, I have three or four. I haven't heard buzz about anyone. That's the baseball off season has gotten so weird, where it's like the winter meetings don't even matter anymore. I know this year they were like virtual, so you couldn't get the like the wheeling and dealings that we usually did. But it was slow last year. Like, I like I think this like stalemate between teams and contracts. You know, you're seeing more and more guys waiting later and later to get signed because teams just aren't willing to come to the plate with what they want. You're going to see it with Real Muto. You're going to see it with maybe Bauer. If Bauer wants some like $200 million contract, you might see a lot of teams being like, well, we're not going to do that. And they're just going to sit there into spring training. And as a fan, it's frustrating because I just want to see action. I want to know where these guys are going to go. But I I do wonder how much of it has to do with the pandemic too this year. Like Mm. if you're looking, think about it, if you're an owner, and you don't know if you're even going to be able to fill your seat. Yeah. Are you going to be a little bit gun shy about signing a guy for you know fifty, sixty, seventy million dollar contract, knowing you don't even know if you're going to get ticket sales this coming year? So I I I'd like to think there's some of that too, but obviously San Diego and 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 they've got against all of that and don't really care about it. But I think in a lot of circumstances, especially small market teams like let's say the Brewers or something. I I think that those guys don't want to make that kind of splash if they don't even know if they're going to see it back in sales. I 100% agree with that. Uh, I, I think it's a great point about how does COVID impact this. Um, we'll see. I, I'm like, I'm like on a tangent googling like what pitchers could be available for trade for the Yankees. I just don't. The Yankees want to improve their pitching, and I don't know how they do it. I, you I mean, could just re-sign Paxton and Tanaka. I'm sure that'll go okay. No, well, <laughs> I would bring Tanaka. Even though I said I don't love it, I would bring Tanaka back for sure. Not Paxton. Uh, no, Paxton could kick rocks. And I don't know, you know, I would have taken Darvish or they would never get Snell. I mean, the Tampa Bay would never trade Snell to the Yankees. But, no, definitely not. But Darvish they could have gotten. I would, that would have been an upgrade for them. So I don't I don't know what the Yankees are going to do. We'll, we'll have to revisit this. We're, there's de- I mean, so little has happened outside of the Padres that we'll have to bring you back on later in the offseason, Joe, maybe closer to spring training to talk about more offseason moves, talk about... Uh, preseason stuff. Uh, maybe we could shift gears. Do you want to? We've almost gone for an hour. Do you want to talk five minutes about Aaron Rodgers? I could talk for another hour about Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> you tell me. All right. So we're we're recording this again on the 29th. The last game of the season is coming up. So the big talk of the week is who should win the MVP, Rodgers or Mahomes. You you know I don't want to turn this into a two hour podcast talking about Aaron Rodgers. Do you want to give me your like thirty second to a minute elevator pitch about why Aaron Rodgers should win the MVP? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, if anyone's watched him this year, don't get me wrong. Let me let me start by saying I love Mahomes. I think Mahomes is incredible. I think Mahomes will probably someday shatter every quarterback record that that we know. Um, with that said, for this season, when you look at the fact that Rodgers has 44 touchdowns to six or five interceptions, uh, five or six, I can't remember, um, 
32. I think Mahomes has 38. If you look at his QBR, it's higher than Mahomes. If you look at his 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 rating is a 119. Do you know how absurd a 119 rating is? It's it's, it's closest thing to perfection you could have over the course of an entire season. Um, he's got his team steadily in position to clinch another bye week, which I know obviously Mahomes has too. If you look at his receivers, this is, Devontae, I'm glad you're bringing this up. Okay, you go. Devontae is the best receiver in football. He's, he's number four. According to I don't care what this at. The eye test yeah. tells me he's the best receiver well, in football. I, I mean, if you want to go with feelings and not stats, that's fine. I'm going okay. off of actual right. statistical data. He's number four. The next Packer, you can't find him in the top 50 in terms of receivers. The the Chiefs, you don't have to look very far. you got Kelsey, who's top in yardage. He's and then incredible. you have Tyreek Hill in the top He's also seven. incredible. So, so, so you have two of the top weapons. Rodgers has turned household name Robert Tunyon into the top touchdown receiving tight end. But in isn't football. isn't maybe he he's okay? Like isn't Tanya Tanya maybe like he's just listen? I'm not saying he's Kelsey or even like can't we? But maybe he's like an average tight end. So he's got an average tight end. He he's be, got the he best be receiver in football. But, but this is- and they this have awesome running does. backs. Rodgers turns household names and people. They, everyone always goes up at arms. Oh, the Packers never take first round receivers. They never get Rodgers' weapons. And yet, somehow, they're still the number one. They have the most points scored in the NFL. So every year, he turns absolute shit into gold. He's turned even if even if guys like Jordy Nelson and Greg Jennings and all the others that have come you know before them, they're they're good receivers. When they leave Rodgers. So do their stats and their absolute ton, their double digit touchdowns. So it's there's there's no doubt this year more than ever what Rodgers has done with this offense is just absolutely incredible. And obviously the offensive line has a huge part of that. They protected him amazingly. But I don't think with all the respect of the world to the homes, I don't even think it should be, he should, he should be unanimous as MVP. That's how I, much I might better. disagree with you there. I actually. It, not that I get a vote, but if I actually did vote, I think I would vote for Rodgers. Even all the crap I give you all the time, I think this year I'd give it to Rodgers. He's been incredible. I don't totally buy your weapon saying I would definitely say for sure the Chiefs have better weapons. Like for sure. It's not an argument. However, at some point they do have, I mean, the Packers have a bunch of these receivers that they've used draft picks on in the last few years. I'm not saying they're good. I know you think they stink, but they're better than a lot of other teams' options. I look at my team, Washington. And outside of McLaurin, they have nobodies. Like, I would I would love to have... I know Lazard's been hurt all year. Um, who's the other guy whose name I just forgot? Who, the hyphenated... I guess we have a few hyphenated names. Uh, who's the little guy? Uh, oh, I just forgot his name. Help me out, Joe. I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> the Packers, the Packers receiving core. Whatever. We don't even talk about Aaron Jones. Like, he has a superstar running back and other good running backs. We saw Dylan go off in Sunday Night Football. Devontae Adams is the best receiver in football. Like, Parker, or they, well, he oh, has I weapons. Dylan's never played until this week. He's had, like, three carries, maybe, a game in garbage time. Well, and Jamal Williams is good. And I think Aaron Jones is a top 10 running back, at least. Like I th- Jones is explosive. Jones has some holes. He's explosive, for sure. But I would also argue that Edward Teller has been equally impressive. Ah, I disagree. So- That's where I think there's a big discussion. I don't think the Chiefs running backs are actually that good. I think... Mahomes only has like an extra 180 yards or something rushing on the season compared to Hilaire. 
When I look at yeah, but that's also because he doesn't get the touches. Like not that Hilaire gets no, a ton they, of they, touches. Have, they have comparable touches. Yeah. The two of them are almost neck and neck. They had like I think I looked before. They had like a different. <laughs> I've been giving you so much crap about Aaron Jones. You're like I didn't even exactly. ready for my Aaron Jones. I get. I mean, listen. I I would vote for Rodgers. I think he's been incredible this year. And and to your credit, I think you take him off of the Packers. They're like not a playoff team. Where I think as good as Mahomes is, and I think Mahomes is the best player in football. If you took him off the Chiefs, they have so many weapons and such a good coaching staff that who's their backup? Is it still Moore? Matt Moore? I don't know who Ooh, they're backing. The, the, the Chiefs. The Chiefs. I think if you took oh, Mahomes oh, off the yeah, Chiefs, yeah. they could yeah. still win eight or nine or ten games. Like, I think they would still be a good team. So where the Packers, I think if you take Rodgers off the Packers, they're maybe well, not even your, trying to And to your point, you, you brought up Washington, and I'll, I'll – get you excited to talk about that for one second. You brought up Washington. Put Rodgers on Washington and watch how magically no, your yeah. receiving core becomes better. Yeah, I agree. no, totally. I mean, Rodgers is incredible. I like poking fun at him because I know you are like, go crazy about it, but I, I think Rodgers should win the MVP. We'll see. What, I don't think it even matters what happens in the next week. We'll see. For legacy-wise, I'm more curious to see how the playoffs go, but I think he's been better than Mahomes this year. And I think the Packers without Rodgers are nothing. Where the Chiefs without Mahomes are not nearly as good, but maybe still fighting for the playoffs. So, yeah, for and, that and, and that for me, that's our, where it begins and ends. Unlike our debate with Brady, unlike our debate with Brady, I actually respect the hell out of Mahomes. I think he's an incredible quarterback. The, the question becomes when people go, oh, "Is he the goat? Is he better than Rodgers?" Right now, given his versatility, the level he's playing overall the past few years, not just this season, collectively, I think Mahomes is probably, you could call them 1A, 1B. I wouldn't be be like up in arms if you said Mahomes is better than Rodgers. I'm curious to see, can he do it over the longevity of his career the way Rodgers has? We'll see. I mean, he's, the Chiefs are so well positioned right now. I mean, outside of their coach, who's like 74, everybody else on that team is young and in their prime or entering their prime. Kelsey, Kelsey's like in his prime right now. So at some point, they'll have to replace Kelsey. But, you know, Hill is young. And they got all these young running backs. And Hardman and all those guys are young. So like, in Mahomes, what is Mahomes, like 24 or something? Like, the Chiefs are scary, yeah, man. Like for me, the Chiefs, it's not like how good they are this year. It's just how good they could be over the next decade. And that's what's insane. Like, they yep. could win the next five Super Bowls, and I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think they will, but that you could tell me that. I'd be like, well, that makes sense. They're, they're, they look that good, and they're that young. And it's just like, exactly. how long will Reed hang around? I love Andy Reed, but, you know, he's like, I think he's 75. He's he's not young. What? There's no way Andy Reed is 75. Let's see. Let's Google it right now. Zero Andy Reed age. He's old, dude. 70, he's no, he's 72. All right, I was off by 13 years. <laughs> I was like, there's no way he's even close to 70. All right, so he's got, he'll coach, how old do you think he'll coach? He'll coach through Mahomes' career. That's what I would do. I was like, I'm just going to coach till I'm like 70. Uh, uh, I don't know. I'm probably 74, 75. Mahomes is now, 25. But... <laughs> Belichick is 68, so I guess he's still got a few more years. Carroll's 69. Yeah. I mean, it's not like the old days when you had like Marv Levy when they were like 95 years old, still coaching fairly. It's like we get at Bernie's. You like 75, pop up 75, on the 75 <laughs> was so, it was such a bad break. I can't believe Carroll's 69. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, he looks great for his He age. looks great. If I look like he does when I'm 69, I'm going to be freaking Dude, If tired. I look like he does now at 36, yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, so we'll see. I don't I forget when they named the NFL MVP, but 
uh, that will happen, you know, at some point. So we'll see what happens with that. We, maybe we'll bring you on if the Packers make some noise. Washington, I'm bringing pun on, I think, tomorrow. Washington, win or go home. I actually think I'm going to, I think they're going to beat the Eagles. As all the controversy with Haskins, everything else, I think I watched some of that Cowboys game. And I think the Eagles defense is terrible. And Hurts, who's awesome, and they're definitely better with Jalen Hurts, also definitely showed some vulnerabilities. So, and our D line is disgusting. I just think it's our defense is going to be good, and I think our offense will be better than it's been with Haskins. I think they win an ugly game and they make the playoffs. So, I, I don't, I don't necessarily, I, I could totally see that happening. I don't know why, for some reason, I, and maybe it's because I have all my uh, New York Giants fans back home in my ear. I could totally see a scenario where the Giants win their game, Eagles oh. win, and somehow oh, yeah, the Giants sneak in, and Daniel Jones even wins the playoff game in the wild card weekend. Washington is either going to be one of two things, and this is why I think it's a coin flip. I think they either rally, because we've seen it a million times happen where there's controversy, and the team rallies around it and pulls together, which could be a great thing, but in true Washington fashion, I have a feeling it'll be a complete explosion, and they probably lose by 25. So. That's a primetime game. That's definitely on the table. I was like almost upset that they got flexed to primetime because that they always play bad in primetime in big moments. I think they, they their defense would, is nasty though. I think they, they, I think their defense keeps them right. in it regardless. Am I crazy to think, I know this, I'm going to kick myself for even saying this, but if Washington wins, I don't know all the scenarios, but if they could get, I guess they won't get the saints. Who are the wild card? I don't want the Rams. the Rams. I think. I really, I really don't want the Rams. Would it be the Rams or would it be? It could be the Bears or the Rams. Could, it get, could they get the Bucks? I actually want the Bucks. Is that crazy? I want the Bucks. I think Brady under duress the entire game. He does not handle pressure well at this age, and I think Chase Young and and Sweat and all those guys like breathing down his neck could like very. I can't talk right now. Would stifle that offense. That's bad for a podcast. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, we should probably end this. We'll see. I'll talk more Washington tomorrow with uh, Panaro. But I, I am yeah, like... Maybe we, could do, maybe we could do like an NFL preview, yeah. a playoff preview or something. Yeah, let's see how this week goes. Let's see how my emotional state after Sunday. I mean, the Washington let's, let's loses... Let's see the rating from this podcast to see if I'll be welcome <laughs> back or not. Well, we'll see. I think Washington, if they win and they get the right matchup, could make the noise. I'm not scared. I'll tell you right now. I'm not scared of the Saints... The Bucks, or I don't think this would happen, but like the Bears. But if they get the Rams, they'll get the Rams will kill them. The Rams will kill them. The Bears just have to beat Green Bay, and they're playing at Soldier Field, and they would actually, I believe, they would get in. Yeah, I. The Ram, oh no, they they need the Rams to lose too. That's what it is. If the Rams lose and the Bears win, the Bears get in. If the Rams win their game, they control their own destiny. But they don't have golf playing, so there's a very that good could be a blessing in disguise, dude. I'm not a golf fan. I think he stinks. Um, yeah, well, they're 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 the MVP of the AAF is now taking <laughs> over John, whatever the hell. His name if is. they lose, though, I I think Washington get. Well, I think it depends also what happens with the Saints and the Bucks. I don't know. Oh no, the Saints clinched the division, so they could get the Bucks. Which would be awesome. I want Tampa Bay. Straight up. I'll tell you right now, on record, if Washington wins, I want Tampa Bay. Uh, yeah, I don't think you're going to get them. I, I, I'm pretty sure they're going to get a higher seed. Because right. Washington's obviously going to be the lowest seed. So they would get paired. I think the Bears or the Rams would be the seven. Well, give me the Bears, too. Just not the Rams. Rams defense is terrifying. Although golf yeah. in a playoff game on the road 
because we'd get a home game as a division title, division winner. We'll yeah, see. I think the seating's still up in the air, but I'm pretty sure the Bucks have a game lead on the Rams, so then it would come down to like the tiebreaker. I almost looked at playoff scenarios. I almost looked at playoff scenarios before, and I've looked at them already, but like it's just too complicated. I can't. It's like just so many. All I know is if Washington wins, we're in, and that's all I'm really focused on. Yeah, and just the hoping Packers we get a game good alone has like nine different implications if they win or lose on yeah. like other teams in the league. Like it's it's insane how wide open it still is. Yeah. All right. I think we've talked about everything, Jeff. Um, yeah, I think we've covered it. All right. So, Joe, I thank you for coming on. Uh, we will definitely get you back on again at some point in the near future. Definitely baseball. We could talk football. We'll see how Sunday goes. If Washington wins, I'm going to be jazzed up and we're going to be talking football. If Washington loses, I'm going to need like a week to regather myself. Uh, <laughs> and otherwise, enough. good luck with the Packers and let's see, uh, let's see what happens with the rest of the baseball offseason. Sounds good, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, later, buddy. Peace. All right, later.